views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants in no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. Authors Hour. Get the story behind the story. It's all on the Authors Hour. You'll get to hear the authors talking about their books and the journey behind how it all began. Join the opportunity to hear the insights on what inspired them to write it. Now, here is your host, Wayne G. Barber. Good morning, America. 9.05 Tuesday morning. Another edition of the award-winning Authors Hour radio program on Smoke 99.9 FM, WNRI. Alexa, Apple, 1380 AM since 1954. And Best in Business Reader's Choice Award station and radio host again this year. Thank you very much for everybody that participated. As you know, I'm a member of the Association of Rhode Island Authors. Uh, we're back in the swing of it now. The holiday season's over. We just completed our ninth annual expo at the Roads on the Patuxet. We had a fantastic turnout of 140 uh, Rhode Island authors. And every seminar was absolutely free every hour. And everyone was full to capacity healthy population in the publication business here in Rhode Island and surrounding area. And you've got to think about now, it's January, and I hate to remind you, but it's renewal time. So uh, renew for the Association of Rhode Island Authors. Uh, get on our Facebook page and our exclusive members group. Uh, Lively Literati is firing back up this month in January. And then Romance some month in February down at the East Greenwich Hotel at 162 Main Street in East Greenwich. And our events will be trickling in. Uh, we're already getting invitations now as the virus is dissipating in this area for a lot of book signings in libraries and bookstores looking for authors. Please consider uh, being a member. Association of Rhode Island Authors. Anyone can join the Association of Rhode Island Association of Authors. But you'll find that a published author and an aspiring author with a complete manuscript will benefit most from our membership. In addition, your membership fee helps support all Rhode Island's most talented writers. Benefits of being an ARA membership include networking with dozens of local published authors at our monthly meetings that are always held on the second Thursday of the month. Presentations from industry pros on a wide array of published topics, exclusive invitations to speak and conduct your presentations at libraries and other venues. Advance notice of any expos, festivals, and any other event where books are sold. A reduced table fee at the Rhode Island Authors Expo, a website link, and IRA's members directory, and so much more. Check us out at www.riauthors.org. I did. Now, the Lively Literati is going to be Authors of Color, and the date is January 26th from 6.30 to 8.30 at the... Uh, uh, East Greenwich Hotel, 162 Main Street in East Greenwich. And uh, that is fiction, nonfiction, poetry, current members, and uh, uh, dues are available right now to be paid starting in January for this fiscal year. And then that's uh, open mic. 
at the end of that. And then February, we're going to have romance, and we'll have a different theme each particular month. Uh, one of them is going to be on the Veterans around Memorial Day, I believe. I had heard a little bit about that. AuthorsHourBookstore.com New and slightly read books. If you heard our author interview on our Author's Hour every Tuesday at 9 a.m., we will stock it. Call Wayne, WNRI at Yahoo.com for any locator service or a closeout book. Again, it's the new Author's Hour Bookstore.com. Now, we have over 300 uh, titles on file right now in the computer on the Internet site that I have for the author's hour. And we have over 2,000 in our inventory. And I just thought of something else. By the mention of today's show, if you get into the section of romance books on that computer file that I have of the authorshourbookstore.com, I'll take off another 10% today on any romance books getting ready here for uh, uh, Valentine's Day right around the corner. Folks, if you or someone you know is celebrating a birthday and you want Wayne to announce it on his program, just send him an email. His address is WayneWNRI at Yahoo.com. Help make that special someone feel like celebrating with a birthday shout-out on WNRI. Thank you, Johnny. Happy birthday today, Gussie. Stephen Gustafson from North Smithfield turns a 51. Uh, Norm Wren. Owns a few racetracks up in New Hampshire, automobile racing. Uh, happy birthday, turns 62. Uh, my cousin, and he's still teaching, Dick Martin, Richard Martin from Gloucester. And uh, he's an author and a teacher up in Killingley. He used to head up the English department at Boroughville High. 74 today and still teaching. A big happy birthday. A very, very uh, good cousin. We've had a great relationship over the years. On the line right now, we have our very first guest of the day. A very interesting book. It's a series of books, and I believe this is the fourth one in the series. And it's Reflections in My Magical Mirror, Lessons of Love from the School of Life, Spirituality 104. The author's name is Ivan Figueroa Otero, O-T-E-R-O-M-D. And he's a retired surgeon, was trained in traditional Chinese medicine in acupuncture with professors uh, from the University of Seville and became certified in medical acupuncture nationwide. He is the author of the School of Life Trilogy with books Spirituality 101, uh, 102, uh, Disconnected from School of Life, and 103, and this is the fourth of this series. His books have received numerous awards, such as the Benjamin Franklin Award, the NIEA Award, Reader's Favorite, Beverly Hills Award, and USA Today Best Book Awards, amongst others. Good morning, Ivan. How are you today? Good morning, Wayne. Thank you for having me here. It's nice to be with you. You're in Rhode Island, right? Yes, we broadcast live out of the Blackstone Valley in a, a city called Winsaka, Rhode Island. Hey. We've been here since 1954. Yeah, it's cold up here. 
but it's a worldwide audience because of W1RI.com, Alexa, and 14 14 different ways the show goes out every week. And we got some fine folks down in Tampa and St. Petersburg that tie in, and another group that added on from Seattle area. So the uh, audience is gaining a lot of traction. Where where are you calling from, Ivan? Congratulations. I am calling from San Juan, Puerto Rico, a little bit warmer over here. Your voice Sunday. is coming in so I clear. I don't, cl- I don't see a cloud in the sky. Your voice is coming in so clear. It's like you're sitting right on the side of me. Yes, I'm here. And I can see the sea from here. My office is, I'm still practicing. And I can see the beach from here, from my office in the corner. So I'm really joyful to be with you. And uh, I'll try to carry as simple as possible the message I, I give in my books. You know, you were talking about birthdays. I am 77 years old and still running like the Energizer Bunny. Well, you don't look I, it. I, I just can't stop. <laughs> no, but that's me. Good Congratulations. Good I'm, I'm in my 70s too, but I, I think a, an age is just a number. I really do. Yes. Yes, I think so. I think the, the, the age is measured by the nature of the mind. Um, sometimes we are uh, in the 40s, 30 to 40s, when I was a pediatric surgeon. I was a pediatric surgeon. I was a little bit, I projected more old guys or grouchy-like than I do now. I project more youth now at my 77 than I did at 44. It, it's a matter of attitude. Well, I think also the amount of medications and the health services that we have, I think now in our age group, 80 is the new 65. Okay. You know, when so we were I, growing up, we, we, we figured... Can't, we, can't dis- we can't discuss that. I do not use too much medicine. I am more, I believe in the natural style of living, so I don't use pharmacology. I have no. I I got rid of my blood pressure things, my blood sugar is controlled, but I don't do not use uh, pharma uh, pharmacology or drugs. Okay, I've got a question for you on that. What is your typical breakfast? Okay, breakfast today was a, a, a fruit salad, fresh fruit salad, with a bit of of whipped cream, a vegan whipped cream on top, and uh, different types of fruit there. Then I had a couple of toast, vegan bread toast, and a coffee, black coffee, uh, freshly made, freshly brewed. That's my breakfast this morning. That's and it. I take my pills, and I take a bit of lemon water. I take a bunch of pills every morning. Okay. But I, these pills are natural, you know, supplements. I start out with oatmeal. With one teaspoon of natural honey, local honey, from my neighborhood, with fruit on it, four ounces of orange juice, and my half and half coffee. Good. Uh, Good. Seven days a week. You're doing pretty well. Seven days a week, that's what I have. Okay. Yeah. I I, I believe I'm a vegan. I'm a full vegan, and I, I am... I believe in the natural side on the effects of vegan diet. I discuss that in my books a lot. And the way it changed my health from, I was, I think I lost, I was 198 pounds. I'm only five foot six. So that's quite a lot of weight. 
now I'm 162 to 163, and it stays there. I, I eat a lot. I, you know, I eat to satisfaction. I don't overeat, but I don't eat little tiny bits. I really enjoy my food. As a physician and a retired pediatric pediatric surgeon, how do you relate to spirituality? Ah, it, it, the story is the natural phenomenon. One of the things that I, I always teach humanities in, in, in universities, the conscious of duality of the spirit and the matter, and mind-matter thing. And I read a lot of authors. I didn't understand too much of that. I, I was part of the, I've been a part of the Christian tradition for many years. I was trained by my mother, who was, was a missionary, and I was given the, you know, Bible 101, 102, 103, whatever it is. That vision of the Bible, which is very effective, uh, sometimes with the youth, it's difficult to understand that. So in the process of looking for a meaning which I could reach within my heart of what spirituality was found in the Bible, I, I walked through many paths. <clears throat> and I've done good, the bad, and the ugly in my life, <clears throat> but I've learned from all those things. And the natural phenomenon of science, when you look at science, what you call matter, antimatter. <clears throat> In my first book, I mentioned that matter is the what we call the son of man, the universe of the son of man, which mentioned in the Bible. Antimatter is the universe of the son of God. So I make a parallel in, in, in this. And then there's two universes that live with each other of overlap. <clears throat> and we have to learn to live with those two universes, although we tend to look at the physical, believable, visual universe. <clears throat> but we forget that most of our universe is invisible. Even when you breathe, you're breathing a bunch of gases and chemicals. You have particles running right through you in your office, electrical particles. that you don't see them, but they're, they're part of the universe. So we're living in a, in a visible and invisible universe. <clears throat> Although our material universe is both visible and invisible, our antimatter universe, which I call the, uh, the spiritual universe, is basically invisible. No, and I dedicate a lot of time on that to balance these two universes. We have to live together, for example. Uh, what we call creation, the Big Bang, the Big Bang occurs in a spontaneous, mysterious manner with blam. Everything that we you know exists just burst out of nothingness, out of nowhere. But then the science says that matter arises from antimatter, but science does not understand the science of antimatter. Because antimatter is not measurable with science. Mathematics, we can only project what antimatter is there's no time in antimatter. It's timeless. So what I've learned is that both are together. Uh, the, what we call science or the science of matter, physics, and chemical arises from antimatter. But we don't understand it until we can study it. <laughs> I think Plato said that many years ago. He, he said that everything that is in the universe exists in archetypal things in the antimatter universe or the search universe, these archetypes. 
is where the creative mind of man, when connected with God, brings down this archetypal knowledge into the reality of our life. Those are what you do when you write a poem. That is what you do when you write a book. Where do our books come from? They come from the experience of living, our past mistakes, what we learn, and then it comes from our inner heart, something within us, which is the inner spirit. And so we're creators, but we're, we're really what I call in my books, we're discoverers. We discover the beauty of the creation. And a creative uh, poet that does that, he finds it within his heart, but it's already there since the beginning of time. Do you follow me? Yes, I'm following you 100%. The name of the book is Reflections okay, in My Magical I, I, Mirror. I'm writing a very small... Yeah, uh, the Magical Mirror. The Magical... The Mind. That's my mind. That's the Magical Mirror. Okay, now, what is the Magical Mirror, and does everyone have one? How can we harness yes. it? Yes. Well, everybody has it in a potential sense. <clears throat> For example... Uh, all human beings have different traits, power. Uh, I don't know, the, I'm trying to look at the Bible in Spanish. The, los, um, yeah. Everybody's given a talent. We have talent. But each one has a different talent according to the needs. We have a gene pool. And all you have to go is follow the pattern of your talent. Some people have the musical nature. Some people have the technical nature of visualizing and creating with the mind have kids, you know. So when you follow your talent and you come through it and you develop it, you will be outstanding whatever you do. You'll be a woodsman, a workman, uh, a work with plumbery, plumbing, whatever it is you do in your life. Music, instruments. I keep saying that in the, in the universe, in the universal symphony, you cannot have more than one pianist or maybe two pianists. Not everybody can be a pianist. It's got to be saxophones. It's got to be flutes. It's got to be little strings. So, you know, everybody has to participate in this beautiful symphony we call life. But not everybody can be the same instrument. I think we suffer a lot when we try to match, we outmatch our, our potential. When we go towards something that are what makes money for us, or what my mother wants me to study, or what we think is successful in our society, and we don't match it, then we go into frustration, and we don't develop our potential. Learning to see your potential and not going over it or under it makes you a very mature, joyful person. That's the way I think. So the mirror is our mind. Everybody has a mind. A different potential, but when you look at the mirror, you got to see the reflection of the original creation in the mirror you make. The first mirror is the mirror of the creator, God's mirror, God's mind. It is there where we're reflected from, and each one of us will be different reflections of that mirror, but yet we don't recognize the same quality. It's difficult for us. It depends on how you're raised. And what family, your social level, your religious knowledge, all those things will make you a different person. But we all have a potential to get the best of ourselves, besides the adults. 
Now, chapter after chapter, the book is filled with relatable life lessons to learn from. What are some life lessons that you have learned? Oh, my God, have I learned. I have learned the number one is that I know the only thing I'm 100% sure that I can be wrong about anything I perceive. That's the, the number one. I can be wrong. It's not that I, I am wrong. I can be wrong. By saying that I can be wrong about a perspective makes me open to new perspectives. So when I share or I have a conflict of interpretation with a person, with an author, and I share with him, I share my view, I hear his view, then I always keep my mind open. I say, I could be wrong, my view. Why don't I listen to his? When that happens, sometimes we switch, we make a compromise. And when I do understand his view, I say, oh my God, he's right. That could be a little bit more complimentary to mine. It does not eliminate my view, it complements. It fills. As we learn about the universe, what we share is a very individual and subjective view. But this subjective view is good. 